0: Hey, this is Dave Ryder from New Spring Church here in beautiful Perth, Western Australia. Really praying that this message is going to help you. If you'd like some more information about our story, just head to newspring.org.au. What is a church? Well, um, seems an odd kind of question to ask because we're in church. Um, but hopefully I'm going to just um, unpack it and actually like sort of... Um, show it in a different way just for us to get some greater understanding about what the church is because I think there are a couple of things in life which are um, you can kind of recognize it but they're kind of difficult to describe if I said to you why don't you turn to your neighbor and describe the word beauty how do you describe beauty I mean like seriously I see Chelsea and Matt Chelsea's thinking Matt your definition should be Chelsea Horn. <laughs> That's like beauty right there. But it's one of those words where you can recognize it, but to actually describe, I mean, what is actually, what is beauty? You know, probably the, the greatest, the greatest game that has ever been invented, the greatest game that tests every single facet of a human person from the mentality to the athleticism to, to everything that even goes for five days is the game that we call cricket, amen? Yeah, yeah but how would you describe cricket as someone? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 Yeah. and you know what that hurts me, <laughs> but there are some words that are kind of difficult to describe, I mean like, like how would you describe it? I think church is one of those words, if, if you went and said okay describe to me church, um, that would be kind of like hard to describe and, and some of the definitions that people give you um, may not actually be that accurate either. A of years ago I had the great privilege of um, officiating a wedding and this was kind of one of those significant ones because the guy who I was uh, marrying um, I've known him since year four um, which is a long time ago right um year four so um so it, it was great so yep love to be there amazing fantastic one of my best mates and um it was re- it was a really interesting wedding um, I knew most of the people there, um, well, at least a lot of them. There's about 200 people, and it was outside this beautiful, beautiful church. Beautiful church. And everyone was gathering outside the church. They were just having some laughs. They were just, like, being, like, it was just, like, it was amazing. Like, we, most of us knew each other, so we were reminiscing and talking and laughing and all that. But I noticed no one was going inside of the doors. No one. Not one of them. You know, and um, I'm looking at the time. I know, like, when the bride's arriving, right? I'm thinking she, she said she's going to come, and she's not one of those brides who's going to be half an hour late. Like she's like she's gonna. She said, "David, I'm going to be here. I'm going to be here this time." So it's about a couple of minutes, like before, like I know she's coming. So I'm trying to get like these 200 people inside of this church, this building. Right? It was hard to actually get them in there. And as we enter into the church, everyone goes. I take their seats, and I noticed there was something very, very odd that happened. <laughs> they, they all went in. They went and they sat down and they just looked forward and they didn't talk to each other. Odd, right? Seriously. They, like, like, I, like, when I start, I'm like, I, before the bride arrived, I actually had to say, you know what? This is actually a happy occasion. I had to crack a joke just to, like, loosen them up a little bit. <laughs> Imagine that you're in a, you're in a church doing a wedding and all of a sudden you have to become a comedian. Um, <laughs> hey, you do what you do. But it was, it was strange to me that like these 200 people, they walk into this building called the church and they have no idea how to engage. They have no idea how to engage with each other. They have no idea even if they're allowed to talk or anything. It was just odd to me. If you were in that situation and you had a chat with one of those people, how would you describe the church? It's not as easy as what you think. I think it's pretty difficult. Especially because that word church is laden with so much baggage, with so many experiences, so many ideas. So when we come to it and we say, okay, how do you describe the church? I don't think it's as easy as what we possibly think. So today I want to actually ask that question, what is the church? And hopefully give you some understanding as to what the church actually is. This year we have been um, doing a series which is called Image. We've been doing a couple of different things because um, I know when Brett's up, he's doing... um, his own image, uh, no, his own series. Matt spent a couple of weeks speaking on something that he thought he wanted to bring to the church, which was great. Um, but. Um among all that, the, the, the main thing we're talking about is this idea of image and what I've been wanting to do is to actually go back to the beginning to get some understanding as to what our life is about. What does it mean to be made in the image of God? What does it mean to be the image of God? And we've been looking at um, this kind of model, um, which will be familiar with you. Um, If you put that up that looks familiar by now everyone knows that yep it's in your notes you guys should be sick of it Uh, at this stage you should be able to talk to anyone on the street and actually try to like muddle your way through that but what we've been saying is this is actually the bible story it's kind of broken up um and we've kind of at the bottom we've got this um, theological framework which we learn in 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 bible college and all that but what we've been wanting to do is give some contemporary language so we've broken it up like this that with the bible story that there's a goal that god does have dreams and aspirations he does have a master vision of what he's trying to accomplish and that's actually found in a couple of chapters in the bible but as we know not only is there a goal there's a huge mess and we kind of experience the mess every day we live in the mess every single day we know that the world is broken don't we we know that families are broken parts of society are broken and and you kind of like look at that and say man that is not right i know that that is not right it feels wrong to me it's because there's a mess that is broken and the rest of the bible is actually about this plan that god has actually initiated a plan to actually work on the mess and return us to the goal so we've been doing that and actually trying to get our head around it what does it actually mean um to actually return to the goal and that's what we're going to be doing when we talk about the church today so today we're just going to focus on two verses how about that two verses you happy about that I know I haven't spoken for a good while but you can talk back to a brother come on are you happy about that All right, let's see if we can unpack these a bit. They're found in Genesis chapter 1. If you have your Bibles, why don't you open up to that? Um, If you have the app, it'll actually be on the app. Genesis 1 verse 26 to 27. Very, very familiar um, passage of scripture. And it says this. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, over the livestock um, and and the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Isn't it good that he mentions male and female, he created them? We're going back to what God had in mind at the very beginning. Understand at the very beginning, there's no hierarchy there, is there? We're all made in the image of God. Male and female, he created them together. Wow, that's incredible. We live in a society where so many structures, so much hierarchy, so much power play, and so much control. But at the very beginning in the goal, man, it's a different story. Imagine if we would truly return to that kind of situation. That'd be kind of cool, huh? That will be awesome so in these two verses we have the nucleus of what the church is and the two things that we're going to actually talk briefly about today is number one the nature of the church there's a blank in your notes that word the first blank is nature the nature of the church and the second one is the purpose everyone say purpose purpose of the church That word purpose is going to be an important word for 2023 as we move forward. Purpose. The purpose of the church. The nature of the church and the purpose of the church. Why are we here? Because you can ask a lot of people, what is a church? And they may say, you know what? It's a little bit like a country club. We just come and hang out. We just like do life and we hang out. And yeah, we hang out, but we're not a country club, are we? You know? I've never been part of a country club. Then... No okay. you may think oh it's a little bit like a concert you just go and watch well we may have people serving us but it's certainly not a come and watch kind of thing or, or another big thing is you what know, well, it's an experience it's a spiritual experience and you will be moved and you will be touched and you will be transformed but make no mistake church is not about you getting your little experience it's bigger than that isn't it if church was all about me I'd be exactly the same as the rest of the world because the rest of the world is all about me but when it comes to the church it's actually bigger it's broader it's deeper it's wider it's more profound it's more transformative it's an incredible incredible thing if we understand what the church is so we're going to talk about the nature and the purpose of the church the first thing we're going to talk about is this idea of kinship k-i-n-s-h-i-p kinship this is found in genesis Um, chapter one and the first portion of the scripture. Kinship. What does it mean to be the church, the nature of the church? Kinship. Okay, in your mind, imagine this. You're in this situation, you're in this setting, like say, say like this happens tomorrow, okay? Today we're all good, but tomorrow this happens. Tomorrow you are taken from your home and you have all parts of your identity stripped away from you. You're taken away from your home. All your possessions are stolen from you. You were severed from your land because your land means a lot to you. All right? Your land means a lot to you. In fact, the land's connected to the promise you have with Yahweh, with God. Because Yahweh came to Abraham and said, Man, I'm going to give you this land. And you're in that land. And then overnight, you're taken away from your land. Right? Right? this is this is the scenario so you do you automatically cut off from your promise from God this is going to affect your identity right man stuff's going on you are experiencing severe injustice and there's absolutely nothing you can do about it absolutely nothing on a side note not to get political or anything but to get biblical that's the scenario of Israel there are some deep connections when it comes to First Nations people now this is one of the things that we don't think about when we're talking about injustice God is always talking about injustice because the Jewish people are the most persecuted people in history and this is part of the story if this is part of their story this is part of our story and God is always addressing injustice so we've got some things coming up and I'm anticipating there's going to be more division more hostility in Australia but also in the church But can I just like a little bit of a side note. Let's actually just think and have compassion and actually come to terms with the fact that injustice does happen. Injustice has happened. And the church has very, very often been complicit with that injustice. I'm not woke. You guys should know I'm pretty orthodox with my theology. But I want to be biblical. And as I'm like sort of looking at this, you can actually see there's some pretty direct correlations here. Because the book of Genesis, in fact, the Old Testament is actually a book of identity, because this is the scenario that's happened. And you can understand that if you appreciate what the majority of scholarship would say when this was actually given to Israel. So know in, in, in our tradition, we, we have like Moses wrote this. Well, not exactly, because there was oral tradition in the ancient people. All right. So orally, it may have came from Moses and all that. But we we actually know from scholarship and and people a lot smarter than me that when this portion of scripture is given to these people that we call Israel, it's given in this period between the monarchy and exile, probably after exile. So you can imagine that we've got a people who've been displaced, they've been separated, they have things stolen from them, their identity is completely stripped away from them. So the scribes pull together the traditions, the scribes and the leaders start editing and putting together and they start giving back to the people their identity because it's been stripped, because it's been taken away. That is the scenario of which the Old Testament is given to the people of God. It's about their identity. Imagine that you have had everything stripped away. That you are seriously those people that is recorded for us in Psalm 137 verse 1 where where they say and where they sing and when they, they write by the rivers of Babylon where they're in exile in Babylon. That's where they've been taken. By the rivers of Babylon we sat and we wept. Didn't say we had a little cry. Said we wept. Hear the depth of agony, the depth of sorrow. We wept we wept when we remembered zion we wept when we remembered home that is the despair that is the agony imagine how lost you would be you're israelites but what in the world does that mean when you're in babylon what does that mean what does it even mean what does it mean we're no longer in our land we don't have the temple We're in this place, imagine that you're trying to be faithful and and you're in this different foreign nation with their currents, their culture, their stories and people be people. You could watch your, your, your family members and all that and they're starting to get swept away in the narratives of Babylon. That's what's happening here. Like these scriptures understand Like these scriptures we can read them and we can do a Bible reading plan and all that but but please understand we're talking and we're reading about real people in a real situation. We're talking about a real God. Worthy are you Yahweh? Well is he in your life? What is he worthy of? Is he worthy of your time? Is he worthy of your praise? Is he worthy? Is he actually? Or is it just lip service? Because when we read these stories, these are real people. In a real situation with real sorrow with real prayer saying by the rivers of Babylon we wept we wept the predominant stories of the Babylonian world the then world you can hear it all around you and your fellow people they're starting to get swept away in these stories and all of a sudden you have your leaders You have your scribes you have your men of God they've been working behind the scenes they've been putting stuff together behind the scenes and all of a sudden they come to you and they present you with another story in fact they present you with your story tradition has been collected tradition has been edited and now has been delivered and in the beginning of this story the Bible tells us that God is in the business of creating this good order of flourishing, but he has a specific unique way that he's determined to do it by. He doesn't change. This is the way he's doing it. And this is how we read it in Genesis 1, verse 26 to 27. Then God said, understand this is your story. God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, over the livestock and over the wild animals and all over the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his image. In the image of God, he created them male and female. He created them. And as you're listening to this whole story, there's nothing subtle about it. It's amazing. The words are wonderful. It brings life to you, it brings identity to you. Oh my goodness. We image God in this world. Imagine that. Our presence reflects his presence. Can you imagine that? Wherever you are in the week, your presence reflects his presence right here. Could you imagine all of us right now, we are reflecting the presence of Yahweh in this room. What a marvelous place to be, right? Isn't that amazing? Oh my goodness. In fact, they're reading, they're understanding that that, that, that they're supposed to be this reminder to the world wherever they are, even in Babylon. They are a reminder to the Babylonians that it is Yahweh who rules. It is Yahweh who reigns. Could you imagine being told this story when you're so lost, when your identity is gone? Could you imagine if you were lost right now and you start hearing the story of God? Our very being, our very presence. Some people think that you're insignificant. You think you're nothing. You think you're a nobody. You are the image of God. Your very presence shows me Yahweh. Take that. That is awesome. Wherever you are, just by you being you, my goodness, incredible. That's what it means to be the image of God. And that's incredible. Like for me, that's incredible. But the story goes even further than that. It goes even further than that because it's something even more amazing that pertains to our identity that that seemingly had been stripped, had been taken, had been stolen. Your leaders, they keep on reading, they keep on explaining. And and, and I keep on reading through this and and you start hearing some familiar words, which is on purpose, it's intentional, it's not meant to be subtle in any way whatsoever. And you read it, you hear it in the passage that we call Genesis 5, not Genesis 1. Genesis 5, and and you hear these words and, and it starts off like this. This is the written account of Adam's family line. When God created mankind, he made them in the likeness of God. He created them male and female and blessed them. And he named them mankind when they were created. That's cool. I know that. But read verse 3. When Adam had lived 130 years, he had a son, listen to this language, in his own likeness, in his own image, and he named him Seth. Now, these guys have taken the time to collect oral tradition to edit this specifically intentionally is it any mistake that they use exactly the same language the answer is no and it must have been absolutely outstanding to Israel as they're hearing this the connection and the analogy is not subtle at all for a people who've lost everything have no idea who they are in relation to this world and no idea who they are in relation to yahweh to god the language could not be any clearer when adam had lived 130 years he had a son in his own likeness in his own image and he named him seth the analogy between adam's connection with his son seth and humanity's connection with yahweh seth is the image of adam in the same way that you Are the image of Yahweh so not only are you the people of God you're the family of God and that was completely unheard of in the ancient Near East and you know what even today it's a little bit unheard of that's actually who you are you know how we're banging on about family you know why because we're going back to the goal we're going back to the goal The New Testament actually tells us that we are returned to a royal family. And it's actually a really specific way that you and I are to address Yahweh now. It's a beautiful word. It's called father. It's called dad. It's called Abba. It's called daddy. That's the relationship you have. That's the relationship I have. So kinship that's kind of the nature of the church we are this royal family we're family we have to put up with each other we have to love each other we have to work together we have to be together we are family if you ever encounter a Christian who can't appreciate the um, essential dynamic of belonging to God's family. I would really encourage you to help them understand what it means to be the church. You can't be the church and not be part of Yahweh's family. And that's not just New Testament, that starts in Genesis because God has this plan to actually use his royal family. Okay, so that's a little bit of a recap from a couple of weeks ago. There is another dynamic of being the image of God in this world. It's called kingship, K-I-N-G, S-H-I-P, kinship and kingship, kingship. God desires that his royal family is to rule and reign over creation in the same way that he does. That's kind of what we've been looking at over this year. God rules and reigns for creation's goodness and for its flourishing, with a posture of hospitality that welcomes the other, with wisdom, creativity and generosity cool so I've got a couple of these boxes up here and um, over the last 18 months Nathan will know this um, oh, He probably doesn't know it, but he would have seen it but I've actually spent a lot of money over the last 18 months buying um, puzzles and Lego projects for our altar one kids like when I go in and actually like trying to like teach them what the Bible story is about on a side note, man, they ask some great questions. They are inquisitive. They are like, oh, my goodness. They ask some amazing questions. So um, this last week, I bought in, um, and, and they love it because generally, like, I, I take in a box of Lego and I give it to one of the kids, don't I, Nath? That's why it cost me so much money. <laughs> so um, I go in this week, and I was actually a little bit chuffed, because I've been doing this for almost 18 months now. And um, so so I said, okay, I've been doing this for a while now. And I've got another box of Lego. All right? Another box of Lego. Can anyone tell me what this box of Lego has to do with the Bible story? All right? What does it have to do with the Bible story? And now i go, mmm, <laughs> and it was Kai at the, at the back. It's always Kai. At the back, and he just like slips out, it's like order out of chaos. <laughs> I was so happy. Order out of chaos, and I said, Kai man, that is it. In the beginning, God creates the heavens and the earth, the earth is darkness and void, right? And what does God start doing? The Holy Spirit's hovering over the deep, and then the Holy and, and, and then God said, What is the Bible story about? that there is disorder, there is non-order, there is non-function, and God starts bringing order where there is chaos and function where there is non-function. And I would say to the guys, you know what? If I had to open up this box and just pour everything out, there'd be bits and pieces everywhere on the ground, wouldn't there? Like I could do it right now, there would be bits and pieces, right? But this picture tells you what this is supposed to look like. It's not supposed to look like the bits and pieces. It's supposed to look like that. And if someone actually got together with some other people and started putting the pieces together, it would start to look like that, right? And you know the other thing about getting a brand new box? You can be guaranteed that all of the pieces are already in the box. There's nothing missing. In the beginning, God creates the heavens and the earth. All the pieces are there. Just waiting for someone, anyone, Start putting it back together. But we live in a world that's so focused on me, you're not going to put anything together if you're just navel gazing. That's why the posture of the church goes from me to looking out and putting down my privileges, putting down my rights, pouring myself out, and we get to work. But all the pieces are there. I was so proud of Kai. I was thinking, Kai, man. You should be a pastor. I actually said that, man. You should be a pastor. Actually, I said pastor or politician because he's actually very good with his words. That kind of happens. How would you describe the church? How would you describe the church? How would you describe the church? Well, let me um, try an illustration. It's going to depend on actually people participating. How would you describe the church? Imagine this then is rather convenient we've got like this center thing here imagine this space here this is the kingdom of god this is the where the reign of god is this is like temple space if we're going back to genesis 1 creation narrative you know you know when god comes and he he rests that language is that god comes and he actually sits on his throne where's his throne it's in his temple so imagine this is kind of like the kingdom of god in this space I don't know where you guys are right now you're obviously in the outer darkness or something out there (laughs) but imagine you're over here. This is a space where people discover what it truly means to be human in this space this is the place where all of the the things that entangle us the sin wrath principalities powers all of these mysterious invisible forces that we can sense and we can touch where they have no grip on you because you live in flourishing you live in freedom we talk about freedom we sing about freedom the kingdom of God this is where you experience freedom because all those other things they are disempowered amen they're disempowered this is the place where jesus people take on the posture of service where they deny their rights where they deny their privileges because they are postured by the cross imagine that this is a space where we don't have a token cross on a stage but we literally live with a posture of the cross right philippians 2 jesus who was being god did not consider equality with god something to be grasped for his own gain but he emptied himself he laid down his rights. He laid down his privileges. He emptied himself to the point of being a slave, but also to death. And because of that, Yahweh looks at that and says, mm, Wow, that posture looks like Yahweh. So he gives them a name that's above every other name, that the name of Jesus, every knee should bow and every tongue confess. But you only get that reality if you take on the posture of the cross. Imagine, like, this is this space here all right it's the location of human flourishing It's the household of God in other words it's called the church that's this space here I don't know where you guys at out of darkness gnashing of teeth I don't know I'm kidding by the way you can laugh (laughs) and the invitation still stands the invitation that Jesus echoed over 2,000 years ago is still echoing today. The time has come. The kingdom of God is near. It is at hand. Repent or reimagine, rethink your life and believe the good news. So imagine that. So I take one of these things because I'm not too confident. And I, I'm not good at talking to people. I'm a little bit awkward. And like, But, but you know what? Dave's actually given me this card to help me out. And um, it, it lets me know I can actually start a conversation with someone. And what I'm going to try and do is actually ask them, do you want to come into like this space over here? It's, got, it's the kingdom of heaven, but we're just going to call it a church because it's the same kind of thing. And, and it's, this, it's this story, it's this, it's this announcement of God is establishing his order, his good order for flourishing through people for His glory. So I'm going to kind of do that. I'm going to maybe Alistair, Alistair, Alistair. Would you Would you like to come and like be part of this? This family, this family of flourishing. This like Would you like to like Come on then. Like come. On. Don't sit back. Like get this. Like come on, come get off your seat. Come on, come on over here. Come on, come on over here. Like come and stand in this in this amazing kingdom space over here. And like Jade Lee, would you like Would you like to come? Like would you Would you like to come on? Come on. This is amazing. And you can like start moving and you're free. You're not. You're not restricted to a seat, you can do all sorts of things and and you know what guys how about you go and invite some other people why don't you go and invite some other pe- they bring them back to this place of flourishing is there anyone else paul gibbsy Gibbsy gibsey you'd like to be part of this family wouldn't you wouldn't you come on come on Gibbsy come on over here and like like seriously jade lee's not moving around she should be happy freedom imogen does not want to come be part of the church and she is our worship leader dear lord help me over there and we're going like that, like Pangy, uh, uh, Pangy, you want to come? Come on, Pang and I. He's coming over here. And guys, you can kind of go away. Uh, you can go and invite some other people. Don't expect the pastor to do it all. <laughs> My job's to equip the saints for ministry, not to go and do it all. So, you got some things over there. Janet, oh, Janet, you'd like to come be part of it, Gloria? Would you like to come be part of it? You don't want to be part of the church? What about you? It's okay. <laughs> you don't need to be part of the church, it's all right. So, you're doing that, you're going there, and like, This is kind of what happens. All right. All right. All right. So understand this. As people are coming in here, this is the next thing that happens because God has established his reign on earth through humanity, right? He's putting the world in order. He's like, he's looking at us and he's saying, you know, what, oh, pangy, man, man, this may be not for you. This actually might be for you. You know what? Man, pangy, I'm... I'm going to pretend I'm like yeah God I'm not God all right but but panging, God, this is what's happening there, there there's like the, there's something on your heart mate and you want to put some stuff together there's a project there is a kingdom project for you what I want you to do is actually grab some of your brothers and sisters and start working on this and right. see if you can put it together so grab a couple of them and start working on it like that like Alistair man you want that all right grab some people start working on it like that all right Ricky, why don't you grab some people, start working on that and like, like seriously, rip it apart. Pour the things on the things that get down and start working on it. Is there anyone else who would like to be part of the church? Jacinda, you wanna be part of the church? Like this is a place of flourishing. This is a place of goodness. This is a place of health. This is a place of restoration. This is a place, you guys don't have to stand. You can like rip it apart and you put it down and like go in there and putting it all together. And if you guys feel like you need some more help, just go grab some other people. (laughs) So as these beautiful, beautiful kingdom people are putting their projects together, just pay attention to what this looks like. So you adopted into the family of God. When you're adopted into the family of God, guess what? You're part of the, you've got some family business that you're doing. God is in the business of putting things back together. You know, he is establishing his order for flourishment, for humanity, for creation. But he's doing it through people. And as we do this. You guys might be thinking like when we come to church we lift up our hands and we sing god gets glory from that biblically speaking when we do this as family that's when god's glorified that's when he's glorified the all the whole earth will be filled with the glory of God as water covers the sea. What does that look like? It looks like communities. It looks like family people coming together with a burden on their heart. They see things are broken and they are not indifferent. They look at that and say, you know what? We can do something about that. We are Holy Spirit-filled people. We belong to the family of God. We know what God is up to. How about we get together and we start fixing? How about we start repairing? How about we start restoring? And as we get moving as a church of Jesus Christ, he gets the glory. That's how the church works. How would you describe the church? It's a country club. It's not a country club, but we do come together. Oh, the church is like a concert. It's not a concert, but there are people who use their gifts to serve each other. Right now, we have people using their gifts to serve each other. Right now, we have people upstairs who are using their gifts to ensure that there is a safe, beautiful place for teenagers. Right now, we have people in Christ. Right now, we have people in kids' church. Right now, we have people who are giving up their time. They are laying down their privileges. They are laying down their rights and are saying, I love these kids so much. I will prepare and I will make sure that there is a safe place that they can learn about Jesus. That's pretty cool, huh? that's the glory of God when that kind of stuff is happening are you starting to understand we are people who do that Genesis 1 verse 26 to 27 then God said let us make mankind in our own image in our likeness that language is family language Genesis tells us that we're part of a royal family humanity is related to God in the same way that Seth was related to Adam it's not subtle it's intentional and you can look at anyone who's just busted up messing up their life broken as they still are the image of God there is a uniqueness there is a dignity that is bestowed on them so he says we'll make them in our image in our likeness so they will rule over the fish of the sea the birds of the sky over the livestock over the wild animals all over the creatures and move along the ground so god created mankind in his image male and female he created them um, he created them what is the nature and purpose of the church this is it the church is a royal family through whom god can reclaim or rectify or in other words to put right what is unordered and chaotic in this world and when we do this we are fully alive and god is glorified that is a picture of the church still hard to describe right but it's another way of actually seeing who we are and what we do in this world all right did you get that how far have you guys gone on yours you almost the, the It actually isn't a race because every project is at different levels and how's this one going oh slowly but surely and how's this one going okay they got an axle these projects will take lifetimes and many times they'll go beyond our life so that's good do you guys learn something from that yeah all right beautiful how about we thank our beautiful church in the middle here Let me pray for you and...